Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that, hey, finances, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances and your host for the next 30 minutes. Well, today we're finishing up our discussion that has been going on for at least two months. I'd like to say it's been going on for 24 years as we've been discussing this on Crystal Clear Finances, but specifically over the last two months, we've been talking about preparing for the transfer of wealth and our responsibilities involved. Now, last week we recapped everything, so I'm not going to jump into that again. I want to start right where we left off last week, and we talked about ways that we can protect the resources that God has given us. Now, not out of fear, right? 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not given me a spirit of fear, but what? But one of power, one of love, and I love the last one, a sound mind. So we're going to use stewardship and say, all right, Father, you've given me these resources. I know that's not what's going to take care of me. I know that's not what's going to take care of the next generation, but I am going to steward it because you can use this to help expand the kingdom. So we talked about putting long-term care insurance in place because as individuals get older and assisted daily living activities are harder and harder for you to be able to do, that's when the medical bills start piling up. That's when issues start happening. And then it drains the resources that could be passed to the next generation. So one of the things that we do is we put long-term care insurance. Now, what's another way that we can begin to have protection and another way that we can pass money to the next generation? Well, I want to talk today about life insurance. And before we go into the whole explanation on how it works, I want you to understand that The long-term care insurance companies, right? They're insurance companies. They're not investment companies. They realize that individuals have a stigma against this. They're like, hey, you guys messed up. You overpriced your long-term care insurance, or I should say you underpriced it. And so because of that, you didn't faithfully keep your word. And now it seems so expensive. They went to the other extremes. But today, If you look at it, it has modulated, but a lot of times we have the mindset that it's still overpriced. But when we look at this and the insurance companies know, hmm, yeah, we are trying to get people to understand we're not in that same place anymore. So they've come up with alternatives. And they said, well, what if, since we're an insurance company, what if we partner with life insurance? What if we say that we can use a death benefit on a life insurance policy, and we could use up to 80% of that for chronic illnesses. Now, nope, it's not the same as long-term health care, right? Not the same, but it is a rider that addresses that need that in many cases, you don't need to pay for the rider unless you need to use it. And that helps with those individuals who say, but Crystal, I really think I'm going to be the three out of 10. I'm going to be that 30% that never needs long-term care. And if I pay for it, I never get it back unless I use it. Now, I do want to clarify on that. There are some return of premium long-term health care policies out there where after 20 years, if you haven't used it and you're like, hey, I'm in a good place financially, I don't want this anymore, you could get your return of premium back. So I just want to clarify on that. But what we're seeing is a lot of hybrid companies where they're saying, okay, I'm going to put life insurance and long-term health care, or I'm going to put life insurance and a chronic illness rider. So that way there's still some death benefit 
and there's some, term long, some long-term health care insurance. But let's back up a little bit. Let's start looking just at the life insurance. And again, this is another one we always joke and it says, if you don't want anyone to talk to you on an airplane, when they say, hey, hi, I'm so-and-so, what do you do? Just say, I sell life insurance. You know what? They suddenly are sleepy. They suddenly don't want to talk to you. And I don't know why that is. But the fact is, is that life insurance can really help create a legacy and go to the next generation if you will allow yourself to get past preconceived ideas and stigmas in regards to the insurance industry. So I want to talk about this. And those of you on radio, I'm going to verbally walk you through this. But those of you who are on my YouTube channel, you're going to see that I'm going to talk about how life insurance works. And we're going to walk through this module together. And this is a module that I use whether I'm in a seminar, sometimes when I'm sitting down with clients so that they can understand how life insurance works. Because I think some Sometimes if we just take the mystic out of it and say, okay, how does this work? Then we can begin to see what are ways that I can use it. And that's what I'm going after. So this simply to me is a tool. Life insurance is simply a tool. Just like money to me is simply a tool. What is it that we're trying to accomplish? So when it comes to life insurance, there is a minimum amount that you can pay in order to get insurance, right? They say, okay, you have to pay me $25 if you want $100,000 of term insurance. I don't know if that's accurate because I don't know what your age is, so I'm just using numbers. So there's a minimum amount you can pay. But if you said, you know what, I want to pay a million dollars for that term insurance. Well, folks, there's a maximum that you're allowed to pay. So there's a minimum that the insurance company will accept, a maximum that you're allowed to give them. Now, here's the first question for you. If there's a minimum that the insurance company will accept, who do you think sets that minimum? Why don't you think about that? What, who says, yep, I will allow this insurance company to accept $25 and we'll give you a million dollars of coverage? Well, it's the insurance company. It's the actuaries, you know, the people that are calculating and saying, hmm, based on this age, I think this person will live to such and such age. So yes, taking $25 a month for the next 50 years makes sense to me. And we'll go ahead and we'll lock that in because many of the term policies are, are not collected on. So that's just money that's coming into them. Now, Here's the next question. You did so good on the first one. Let's ask for the next one. The first one is the insurance company that sets the minimum of what they're willing to accept. Who sets the maximum? Because I don't think it's the insurance company saying, no, please, please don't overpay me. Please, I, I don't want your money. No, it is actually the government. The government has said, wait a minute. We are not going to let you give too much money to the insurance company. I really don't think it's because they're concerned about you. Shocker. I think it's because they would rather see that money go someplace else. That's just my thought process. I have no sites that I can quote on that one. So now you have the government saying this is the maximum. You have the insurance company saying this is the minimum. In between the minimum that you're allowed to give and the maximum, minimum they'll receive and the maximum you can give, are all different ways that you can design it. You can design it where you have big death benefits, small death benefits, all different kinds of, of different components. You can have universal life, guaranteed universal life, whole life. You can have index annuities like uh, uh, index life, all different types. 
What we need to be aware of, though, is that in the 1980s, <laughs> what happened was the government said, wait a minute, those financial planners, probably the certified financial planners, I'm guessing, they're getting a little too creative here because people are now putting in $500,000, $600,000 a year in premium into these life insurance policies. I don't like that because if they're putting it into a life insurance policy, what happens? Well, think about this. If you put money into a life insurance policy and you take out your principal, or if you take out more and you're doing it as a loan, it's not taxable. And if you buy a very big policy with a $600,000 a year premium, all of that death benefit passes tax-free to the next generation. That may be one of the reasons why the government says, hmm, you can only put a limit on what you can put into a life insurance policy. So what they did in the 1980s is they said, anyone who goes above this line and what they call the line is a modified endowment contract. We call it MEC, M-E-C, modified endowment contract. And they said, anyone who puts more than a MEC goes past the MEC line when they are creating a life insurance policy and they try to put more money in there so they don't have to pay their taxes. Well, you know what? We're going to treat it just like a 401k. We're going to treat it like an IRA, a 403b. That's not for pastors because that's a different one. We're going to treat it like a SEP, which means if you're not watching that line, then everything in there or a good component of it could be taxable to you. So as qualified life insurance agents and planners, we have to be aware of the fact that there's only a certain amount that you can put in there. Now, when we look at the policies, the money that can go into a policy can range. I've had policies as small as $13 going into a life insurance policies. The largest premium that one of our clients pays is $600,000. Yeah, you heard me right. $600,000. Can you imagine the cash value that's growing in that? Oh, we'll talk about that in a moment. So there is a minimum amount. And when you put the minimum amount in a life insurance policy, the cheapest one when you're younger is usually a term policy. Because a term policy does what? It just covers you for a term, a period of life. But you know, sometimes we need those holders, those little places that say, hey, just for this period in life, I've got young kids. I need to have a lot of insurance because if I die, I want to make sure there's enough to raise the kids. I did that. I made sure that we had enough term insurance, very cheap and inexpensive when you're young, so that I would make sure that if something happened, George would be able to hire someone to be able to do all the jobs I was doing around the house and vice versa. So you have term. As your premium comes up, there are different options that you can do. You can look to have something that's going to be more like a whole life. A whole life means it's going to cover you, guess how long? Your whole life, right? Whole life. So term is for a period, whole life is for whole life. And you make that premium and you pay that same premium every year forever. Okay, so I want you to think about it. Don't be scared. But it literally is saying, I'm not going to change the premium. Now, term won't let you do that. You can get a 30-year level term where you can pay for the premium and it'll stay the same for 30 years. And then at the end of the 30 years, you're like, woo, I lived and I only paid $13 a month. I won. And you're so excited. So you go to the insurance company and say, I want to play again. I want to play again. Let's do another 30 years. And they're like, you're 30 years older. Okay, let's play it again. Your premium's 300 a month. 
right? Yep, your premium's 300 a month. So you decide you're gonna play the game again. Now you get older and you're like, okay, I live, this is good, my family's secure. I'm just gonna play it one more time. If you go to the insurance company and say, oh, let's play again, they're like, sure. Now it's gonna be $1,000. Now it's gonna be more expensive, why? Because now they're knowing, hey, you probably are gonna die this round of the game and they don't wanna play that game. So in order for them to be enticed to play the game, they raise the premium up. So when you have term, there is a false sense of, huh, I got it covered. Because in the beginning, it's very inexpensive. But as you get older and you get closer to meeting the Lord, the insurance companies know this and say, I don't wanna play the game, make it worth my while. With whole life, what they do is they say, well, if you're buying it now and gee, you're kind of young and I'm looking way down the road, um, our actuaries say you're not dying for another 50 years. I mean, thankfully they don't know exact date. That would be kind of scary. But they say, okay, it's gonna be years and years. So they lock in the price now. And by having it over a longer period of time, yes, it's more expensive, but when you run the term out the full way and you run your whole life, the term has less upfront outlay in the beginning, but the whole life is less expensive. Okay, let that run through your brain for a moment. Term has less upfront outlay, right? It's less out of pocket in the beginning, but whole life is actually less expensive in the long run. You run two policies and go to age 75 and tell me which one's better. And also when you have the term, you can't touch the cash value inside. So let's talk about cash value for a moment. When you're putting a whole life policy together, you're going to have the cost of what it takes to buy the insurance. This is what the insurance company says. In order to play this game with us, here's what you have to pay to cover the life insurance cost. If you wanna put more in, hey, more power to you. We don't care, but this is the amount. So that we call that what's the base. What is the base amount that covers the cost of insurance? Above that, if you put more in that, well, then that's cash value. That's extra money that's going into a policy that usually will give a guaranteed 3%. And on the non-guaranteed side, it can give like 5, 5.2%. So now you have money growing inside a tax advantage vehicle, meaning you're not paying taxes on it and it's growing for you. The advantage of that, well, down the road, as it begins to grow, you can have access to it. And we'll talk about this more in, in a few moments. But when it comes to term and it comes to whole life, there's a, a, a whole slew of different types of insurances in between. So when you sit down with your financial advisor, you need to talk through and say, what are you looking for in a policy? We had someone call the other day that said, listen, I am just looking for straight term insurance. I want no bells, no whistles. I don't care if I can never touch that money again, right? Because term, the only way to get it is if you die and you don't get it then, it's your, your loved ones that get it. So we want to make sure we understand what is the purpose for life insurance. If we can use life insurance as a, as a way to have access to money, as a way for a death benefit, as a way for long-term care or chronic illness coverage, Okay, now we're stewarding our resources and the fact that we can get back all of our premiums is an attractive feature to it. So let's go back to looking at what I have on the screen. And we're talking about term gives you just the death benefit. But when we talk about whole life, 
there are several different factors on it that I want to go through with you. And of course, you can see these factors right on the screen. And I'm going to read them to you for those who are on the radio. There's tax deferred growth, meaning, okay, there's things happening within this portfolio. There is cash that is building that no one's getting a capital gains bill. There's no 1099 dividend. There's nothing there but money that's growing. In some cases with some companies, that's gonna be guaranteed growth. So here's the amount that's gonna get taken off the table for the insurance costs and the rest has growth. There's also tax-free distributions. Okay, so in the form of a death benefit, okay. But what if you want to use it while you're alive? This is something that you can look into. See, what I like knowing is when my granddaughter, Charlotte, gets ready to buy her first house, I'm already preparing for that because I want her to come to grandma and come to the grandma bank, not the bank down the road, not the bank that has ulterior motives, not the banks that's giving the CEOs money to go do things that are totally against the kingdom of God. I want her to come to grandma and say, grandma, this is the house I found. This is the good deal that I have on it. I need, I would need 25% down. Can I take a loan from you and can I pay you back? And then that way I'll put the down payment. Better yet, what if she just does the more whole mortgage from me and makes her mortgage payments to me? Now think this through. I know I'm jumping way ahead of my notes, but think this through. What if one day little Charlotte comes to me and she's like, grandma, I'm not going to use a baby voice because if she's buying a house, she would not be using a baby voice. But grandma, I found a house and can I have a 5% loan from you? for a mortgage on this house. And I say, sure, sweetie, I've got a life insurance policy that I have set up over here. When you were born, I took it out on myself, not just on her. That's a whole nother subject we can talk about. But I took another policy out on myself because I knew there would come a day when you would need money to buy a house or buy a car and I wanted to be ready. So I empty all the cash value out that's in that life insurance policy. Now understand, if I never put that money back, if it's a $500,000 policy and I give her $250,000 of cash that was inside it and we don't pay it back, when I die, there's only $250,000, right? They subtract whatever you took out from the death benefit. But follow me through with this. Let's pretend that I make this policy, right? And she takes the $250,000 Every time she pays me back, I'm putting it back in the policy and I'm rebuilding her legacy. Think that through. If every payment goes into the policy so that when she's done paying that back and I pass away, that $500,000 tax-free money is earmarked to go to Charlotte. So she's literally just using her inheritance to buy her house and she's paying herself back by putting it back into the policy. These are the things that people many times don't think of. When they think of life insurance, they're like, oh, that's that thing you got to buy and then like you die and well, I don't see the purpose of it. But when your granddaughter comes to you and says, I want to buy a house and you can do it or you fund the car. Or what about the fact that you could actually take and put a life insurance policy on your granddaughter or grandson? I have a grandson, so I want to make sure I talk about Quinn too. And this is actually true. We put a life insurance policy on Quinn. 
So Quinn now has a life insurance policy. Because he's a child, they don't let you put more than a certain amount on it. But by the time he's uh, ready for college, he's going to have a nice little nest egg in there. And guess what? It's not in a 529 plan that's going to count against him for college, or they're going to see that and say, you got to spend that first. This is going to be inside the cash value. These are just such small examples of how we can steward what God has given us and get it to the next generation while we're alive and when we pass away. So I want to talk about more of the benefits in it, but I'm looking at the clock and realizing I haven't even taken a break yet. So let me take a quick break and then we'll be back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Life insurance can be used during your lifetime. It's not just about a death benefit. You could have chronic illness riders, long-term healthcare riders, access to cash value, so you could purchase your own cars, finance real estate, save for college, and even use it as tax-free income in retirement. It all depends upon the type of life insurance you put in place. Call Crystal Clear Finances today and let us help you create the policy that's right for you and for your loved ones. Call 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. I realize we only have about eight minutes left, but good thing I can talk fast and you can replay this slow because we have so much that we can go over together. And all joking aside, I am thrilled that every week we're able to create a YouTube video, put it up so that you can watch it. I love having the radio show, the podcast, anything that we can do to help you grow so that you have that financial confidence, that's what fires us up. Now today, we're talking about life insurance. And I hope with what I have shared so far, you are like, Crystal, pick me. I want to come in. I want to talk about how do we put life insurance in place in a way that's not just about the death benefit, in a way that we begin to understand that there's tax-free value that can grow in it. And more importantly, how we can impact the lives of our loved ones. Could you imagine, just dream with me for a moment, could you imagine having enough life insurance policies in place that in your community, instead of going to the bank, you can have people of the kingdom of God that come to you and say, you know what, I I need a break. I I need help on this. This is the payment plan I, I want to put in place. This is what I'll pay you. And you can begin to financially steward them. Can you imagine driving down the road saying, yep, that house over there, we helped get them a mortgage and that one over there. And look at that apartment building that we were able to buy for ourselves out of our own resources so that we can have families living in that. There's so much we can do. But sometimes we're turned off by the stigma of a name, life insurance. If we could just rename it something, and I'm not sure what to tell you to name it, but the living benefits of life insurance can change your family's lives. I know it's changed mine, and I'm now planning for even the next generation of my grandchildren's lives to make sure that they also understand how this will work. So let me go through. I'm going to jump back to what I have on my screen for the YouTube channel. 
inside a whole life policy, here's some of the areas that I look for to make sure that this is structured properly. I want to make sure that there's tax deferred growth. We mentioned that before, meaning everything that's happening in there is just growing. I want uninterrupted compounding interest going. I want to make sure that when I need to touch it and take it out, I can do it in a tax-free manner. I want to make sure it gets a competitive return. Now, Right now, life insurance is looking mighty wonderful because a couple of years ago when the stock market's going through the roof and I would say, guys, we need to diversify. Yes, we want to have this in your IRA. Yes, we want the tra- uh, TOD accounts, transfer on death, individual accounts. Yes, we want the stocks. We want it all. But we need to be diversified and we need to have cash on hand. We need to have some silver. We need to make sure that we have maybe some fixed indexed uh, uh, products. And we need to have life insurance. But Crystal, life insurance only gives me between 3 and 5%. This would be a good time for that song, How Do You Like Me Now? Because that song says life insurance looking pretty good right now, right? When the market was down last year, when the market right now, I know it's looking pretty good, but give it time. When we go through these ups and downs in the market, life insurance is that nice, steady eddy, just going to do three to five, three to five. I know there are other variations that are out there that are linked to the market that can give greater rate of returns. Some financial planners believe that's the way they want to go, and that is their prerogative. Based on the numbers and facts that I am looking at, I'm going to give my advice based upon the facts and figures that I see and not on just personal preference. I want to make sure that if my client has life insurance, that it does its job and is not dependent on the market because I'm diversifying from the market. I don't want it tied back in. So other, when I talk about competitive returns, to say three to 5% compared to a savings account, yeah, I think life insurance is doing pretty good, tax-free, uninterrupted compounding interest. I also like that you can do high contributions to it. Some people aren't going to do the 600,000. I only have one person doing that. All right, most of the people are down saying, hey, 6,000 a year pays for the insurance, but I'm building a nice little nest egg inside. We have collateral opportunities, which will be a whole nother discussion. Maybe next week we'll be able to talk about that. But it's basically saying, look at the money I have here inside my policy. It's growing tax-free. It's growing uh, compounding interest. I don't want to interrupt it. So I'll tell you what, I'll do a collateral loan against it, and then I can go take care of buying that apartment building. And once I've got rental coming in, then I can pay that back and release the collateral lien. I know, a lot of information right there, but still it's good information to know these are things that you can be using. When we look at life insurance, and this kind of alludes to what I said a moment ago when we have those that are tied to the market, I'm looking for life insurance that's safe. Life insurance that doesn't, and by safe I mean, doesn't have market risk. I'm not saying that there's never any chances that it can default. I want to make sure for compliance purposes that I've specified that, but safe from market risk. And we want to make sure. We want to make sure you can touch it whenever you want. We want to make sure there's unstructured payments to it. And we want to know above all else that there's liquidity use and control. So when I'm looking at the screen and I'm looking at this and saying, this is basically how life insurance works. Do you see, for those of you on YouTube, or can you hear, for those of you following on our podcast and on radio, how life insurance 
is actually a stewardship tool and the living benefits can impact your family today while you're alive, not just in the future. And I wonder if the reason why we have this stigma about it is not so that it stops us from accomplishing what we really need to do. Do you ever wonder why there's such a stigma against it? When yet it can be so good for the kingdom of God, so good for families. So these are things that I would encourage you to take time, read some books on it. Hey, if you need books that you say, Crystal, I want to learn what you're talking about, being able to use a life insurance policy, buy apartment buildings, help put a mortgage, be the, the grandma bank here. I don't know how to do that. I do. And that's why you need to give us a call at 518-433-7181. Let's schedule a free initial consultation. Let's sit down and talk about life insurance or call and say, Crystal, what are some books that I can be reading? I would be happy to provide that information to you. Well, I'm looking at the time and realizing, yep, we did it again. <laughs> we are at the end of our time together. I so enjoy being with you. I hope these are a blessing to you. I hope that they're providing the insight that you need. So give us a call, 518-433-7181, and join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you, and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.